Welcome to the Real Estate Survival Guide, the show that teaches realtors how to create a thriving real estate business. Welcome to today's episode of the Real Estate Survival Guide podcast. I'm your host, John Shookman, and I am so thankful to have you with me for today's episode. A huge thank you to Jennifer Harshman and Harshman Services for sponsoring today's podcast episode. I'm so thankful for the team at Harshman Services for being a part of helping my business and for sponsoring the podcast. Let's jump into today's episode. On today's episode, I am thrilled to have my friend Parker Nash here for our interview. So Parker is an 11-year veteran of Nike, where he grew their lines of business to more than half a billion dollars in annual revenue. At Nike, Parker created products for the NFL, NCAA, and MLB. He gave hundreds of presentations to some of the most discerning and often toughest leaders in the industry. While at Nike, Parker realized the process that they used to build their brand was something that all businesses could do, which inspired him to build his own copywriting and marketing agency that helps mission-driven businesses attract devote customers. We chatted a few different times, and I just love what he's doing and how he's building this business to help people. And I wanted to have him on today because, I mean, you guys, realtors out there, there are so many things that you can do to improve how you market, who you're marketing to. And so, Parker, thanks so much. Welcome to the Real Estate Survival Guide. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. I'm excited. Yeah. So I, I kind of gave a brief intro, but just tell us more about your journey, what you did at Nike and why you kind of decided, hey, I, I want to build this and do my own thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so like you said, uh, I help mission-driven businesses and entrepreneurs attract customers and grow their business through copywriting, brand messaging, and marketing. So that's what I'm doing now. But like we kind of hit on the intro was before that I spent over a decade working at Nike. And through that process of working at Nike and working with some of the greatest branding people, marketing, product mm -hmm. people, just top to bottom and getting a front row seat to how a company like Nike brands, markets and creates product. And then not just attracts and acquires customers, but turns them into diehard fans. And there's actually a term for it within within the Nike world. It's called sneakerheads, people that are just obsessed with the product they create. And so just having that front row seat experience, what I started to realize was, and I think this is something a lot of people think is, oh, well, brands like Nike are, and those guys are, are successful because they have billions of dollars and all these resources to mm -hmm. just throw at the problem and, and, and grow and stuff like that. And yes, that is absolutely true. I mean, having a billion dollars is never a bad thing. I mean, I'd love to have that problem <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah. <laughs> but but conversely, that could also be a, a quick way to waste and, and, and spend a lot of money on absolutely nothing that gets zero return. And as I started really thinking about this more through the experiences of Nike, but also just studying other incredible brands like Nike, like Apple, like Amazon, basically any brand that we know top of mind, they have built their success on a foundation of principles that allows them to turn customers into raving fans. And when you start to peel that back and understand some of those principles, you realize, oh, any business can and should do this. And there's no reason why a solopreneur, a real estate agent, anybody can implement some of these principles into their business in order to market themselves, market their business properly so they can actually start getting people to go, oh, this is really interesting. Tell, tell me more about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it, man. And, and when we first connected, you know, just over a phone call, um, 
and I, I forgot to even say this in the intro, like I met you through TLF. So you're in the total life freedom community right. together with me. So what, what I found interesting is just even hearing your journey, I could think of so many brands, like many people don't know, and I'll do an episode about it at some point, like the Peloton model. Right. Yeah. And we talked about it and you knew like basically, and for those that don't know, like Peloton, like released an exercise bike and it was cheaper. I don't know what they are now, maybe 4,000, 5,000 bucks, but they were $2,000 and people thought, oh, that means it's cheap. And so they didn't buy it. And so the people that released it were like, okay, fine, let's slap another 3000 bucks on there. And suddenly they're like all over TV. And it's just, it's very interesting because I feel like as realtors, we often are like, no, we have to discount. We have to take money off. We have to cut cost here when really it's no, let's just market better. Let's just have a better brand. And I told you this, I spent years at Chick-fil-A raving fans is a huge, huge phrase there. Like, creating raving fans is just if you can do that you don't have to be the cheapest in fact peloton nike apple you can be the most expensive but if people love your products and think it's quality then you can create a really successful business is that correct that's exactly right and and i think what you're you're hitting on here is a couple of things is well why can chick-fil-a do that why can peloton do that why can like any brands like what apple why can apple do this and I think this is, these are some foundational elements that if you're trying to market your business and market yourself, it has to start with these two elements, understanding who your customers are, obsessing who your ideal customers are, and two, knowing how to talk in a way that actually gets them to pay attention. Because that's a huge thing. There's so much noise. There's so much distraction out there. We need to be able to talk in a way that cuts through the noise. And so when our ideal customers actually come across our business, it piques their curiosity and they say, it, it stops there, stops their train of thought and all the distractions and goes, oh my gosh, tell me more about that. And kind of what you're saying there is because Peloton did a ton of work, I actually saw some brand decks they put together about understanding, they, they spent a ton of time understanding who their ideal customers were and they realized that's why we're able to take their price up is because they understood who their ideal customers are, who they want to become and who they want to be associated with. And when they realized that, that is actually a higher echelon type of person. There's some status associated with that. They could craft the right messaging and marketing that said, oh, if we tried to do this at a lower price, that is going to detract the people that we actually want to attract. So that's what they realize is we're not just selling a bike, we're selling a, an elite status, a club of people that are at a certain level that do not want to be associated with an everyday brand is what they're essentially doing there. Mm, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, you you must have seen that at Nike because right, Nike yeah. is definitely not the cheapest shoe on the block. No. It's probably right. the most expensive, right? Or one of the yeah, I mean, expensive brands. I mean, Nike's crazy because... <laughs> there's not many brands like this that expand to so many different consumers and so many different ranges. But to your point, yes, they have some of the most expensive shoes out there. Absolutely. But also too, they started with one real core product, running shoes for runners, and they have slowly built over 50 years. They've expanded into these, all these different markets, but they keep doing these principles along the way amongst each consumer segment channel category sport they go into. And yeah, absolutely. They, they have some of the most expensive shoes out there. Yeah. So, I mean, I would just because they focus on sneakers and I know they have apparel lines and everything else now, like were, were there 
the ideal customers, just people that wanted a premier shoe rather than like something you pick up at Walmart? Like what what was it that they focused on? Yeah, I mean, so again, because Nike's so big, they have so many different consumers, but essentially the principles are the same, which is, you know, they get really specific on the different, so they have different genders, of, they have different categories of sport, and then they have different classifications of products. That's a, a lot. And so it ends up being a whole bunch of different things, but they, they, they drill down to each specific one. So, you know, maybe it's men's running and then they get specific on what is the type of runner that we are trying to attract? Is it a casual runner? Is it a performance runner? Is it that kind of stuff too? So I think for us and for your audience as real estate agents, you know, I think there's this, there's this typical fallacy you all have, which is why well, anybody that wants to buy or sell a house, like that's, that's who I'm going after. Right. And, yep. Yep. <laughs> well, okay. Who, who then, you know, like what kind of houses, what kind of people, and this is where I would say is for, for your audience is a handful of questions that you can ask yourself that can help you get a little bit more clarity on who you should be spending more time on is think about your past clients, your past business, and ask a couple of questions. One, maybe here, here's a question that could help you clarify this is who are the clients that you enjoy working with the most? Two, who are your highest profit, highest revenue clients and lowest effort clients. Uh, another question you could ask yourself is who are my biggest fans? Mm-hmm. Another way of saying that is who gives me, who sends me the most referrals? Yeah. Because they're obviously your biggest fans, right? Uh, I think if you answer, think about those handful of questions right there, try to take those answers, think about a specific person or a couple people and then group them into what kind of people are they? What stages of life are they in? Are they are they single? Are they you know are they transitioning to retirement? Are they families? Do they want to live in the city? Are they more country people? You know, like what are these different types of qualities amongst them mm-hmm. that you can start to group them into these different essentially buckets of of customers or clients you have? And when you start to do that, you can actually start to really drill down. On oh, oh, it's this kind of person. They're at this stage of their life. They're looking for these kinds of things and they want to be these different types of places and they're looking for these kinds of things. And if you can understand that, now you can use that as a foundation to one, now you have great clarity. I mean, this is kind of where I feel like a lot of people get paralyzed is that without knowing that they go, there's so many options of, oh, I have so many potential clients I could, or customers I could, I could work with that because there's so many options, I don't, you don't know what's the first step of where do I go first? But if you know who the specifically they are, they go, Oh, I know where they are. There are these types of people. They're, they're, they're young families. They have one or two kids. So I know they're hanging out in these communities. I know they're hanging out with these types of people. they belong to these types of associations. And I also know some other businesses that are probably working with them that I could partner with that we could collaborate together to find and tap into these networks better. So I think that's a key piece there is figuring out who is your ideal customer. And then when you do that, now let's figure out how do you speak to them in a way that actually gets them to pay attention. And again, so this is kind of the foundation of great marketing, understanding who your ideal customer is. And then two, developing a messaging framework that you can apply through all touch points that your customers come across you. And now in the world we live in physical and digital, there's so many different ways, right? It needs to be consistent. It needs to be repetitive. It needs to be across 
your website, your social media, your emails, in person, whatever it is, whatever you're putting out there needs to be really, really consistent. So this is, again, foundational elements. If you can figure out how to talk to them in a way that actually gets their attention, now you're going to actually start drawing people to you. But yeah. This is kind of the problem I see a lot too, is there's actually kind of four major things that I see what I call messaging mistakes. And it's why most brands and businesses and people are, are being ignored. And one of the first messaging mistakes that I see all the time is what, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, John, is what I call the me monster syndrome. And what I mean by that, there's, I have a, a one of my favorite comedians ever. His name's Brian Regan. And if you've, if you've, you haven't heard of him before, check him out. He is so dang funny, but he has this bit where he talks about how he kind of hates going to cocktail parties or dinner parties because he says, inevitably, I always end up getting sit next to the guy that <laughs> corners me and starts talking and bragging about himself about all the money he has, the expensive vacation he just went on, the, the number of homes he has or the expensive cars he has. And he just starts pounding his chest. And it's just about me, 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 me. It's, it's the me monster syndrome. Mm -hmm. And the bit goes that Brian goes, and that's why I wish I was one of the 12 men that have walked on the moon because <laughs> no matter what, if I ever get cornered, I can always say, well, that's interesting. That reminds me of the time that I walked on the moon and the sea of tranquility. And he said, he's always has a one up <laughs> on yeah. the me monster. So long story short, though, is so many of our brands and businesses, how we come off to our potential leads and customers and clients is we think we need to prove ourselves and prove our worth to our clients. So we brag about all of our accomplishments, mm -hmm. but that is a huge turn off to people and it just pushes people away. Yeah. So that's the first thing that we have to avoid is being a me monster. Second thing is so many of us is that when we're talking about our services, what we do. We, we use jargon, we use industry lingo, confusing language, vague language, stuff that only maybe we know within our company, maybe that people within our industry understand. And we're speaking a language that essentially, we're speaking French, but our customers only speak English. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we need to speak and talk like our customers talk, right? So we have to be able to eliminate the jargon and speak the way they speak, reach them on their level. So that's messaging mistake number two. The third mistake that we see, and this kind of goes back to the ideal customer, is trying to be everything to everyone. That ends up being really vague and really general. And general messaging, general marketing, in general, does not work. <laughs> so the whole point is that when someone comes across us, they go, oh, I know what you do. Oh, I know who you help and serve. And that happens to be me. And oh, you offer that? Oh, I want that. I need that. Yes. Let's tell me more about that. Right. So we need to be really specific about who we actually, in the way we try to talk about our brands and businesses. And actually, this is something that you will see Nike, Apple, all these brands do all the time. And a great example of this is let's take out the what you believe if this is right or wrong. But if you can remember a handful of years ago, Nike came out with this campaign. And they've always been fairly risky, I guess, you know, pushing boundaries in the campaigns mm -hmm. they do. This one they did a couple of years ago was with Colin Kaepernick. And the slogan was, Something along the lines of, you know, stand for something, even if it means risking everything. And this was about the time when he was doing the taking a knee for the national anthem and that kind of stuff. And so let's take out whether you think that's right or wrong. It doesn't matter. Believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. Thank you, Thank Google. You. 
thank you. Yes, exactly. Yep. And so people went berserk on this. They're like, they're going, oh my gosh, Nike, how could they do this? It's so risky. They're just going to sink their business. But yep. because they obsess their consumers and know who their consumers are, yep. they know what they value, what they are interested in, what drives them, what motivates them, what's their purpose. And so they knew when they crafted this in this 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 message that this will allow us actually to tap in and create a stronger bond with the people that we want, yes. we want to attract. Yes. And at the same time, it'll do a second thing, which is a great benefit. It will detract the pe- people that we do not want to waste our time on. Yeah. That, well, and the funny thing too fun. about, I remember when that came out yeah. and I thought it was hilarious because I saw people saying, I will never buy Nike shoes again. And I'm like, I've never seen you buy Nike shoes, <laughs> right? Like, yes, they, they are going to be very upset that they're missing those zero zero dollars. And like, not to make it political here, but right, like Nike was willing to take a stand, right? Wrong and different doesn't matter. I think part of it is, and I love that you're saying, right? They weren't trying to be everything to everyone. They were like, we're fine with this certain, you know, political beliefs say no to us because yeah. we know that the people b- that believe in this other side are already the people that love us and consume our content and buy our product. Exactly. And it's actually getting them to those customers to go. It's, it's the likability factor yeah. of, Hey, shared values, shared desires, shared goals. Uh, and now it's going to go, yeah, maybe I used to buy some Adidas. Maybe I used to buy some of this stuff. I'm like, no, I'm all in on Nike. Yes. So yeah. that's what we want to do is is create that. And by the way, it doesn't, you don't have to take a political stance on stuff. <laughs> For sure. Yes, absolutely. I'm not saying as real estate agents, we need to take a political stance, but you maybe you could. Uh, <laughs> it, might not, it might not be bad. But yeah. Well, and I know some realtors that, that are very vocal politically. And some people right. are like, you're going to lose customers. But the people that love them already are like, yes, absolutely. Right. Yeah. And they'll even back them even more, which is fine. I don't think it's wrong. Right. I mean, I think you can say it in a way that's not going to alienate people. Yeah, exactly. No. And as, as guy I listen to all the time, podcaster, he has this analogy, this metaphor he uses of essentially don't get caught in the breakers of the ocean, right? Either be on the beach, be on the beach or be beyond the breakers. Mm. But if you get stuck in that nasty middle, you're going to get chewed up, right? Yeah. So commit one way or another, but you just got to commit. And so go ahead. Don't be afraid to share yourself and share what your values are and your purpose and connect on a purpose of what you know your customers want, their purpose, their values are too. That's okay. That's great. That's going to make you more likable. So that's principle three. The the other messaging mistake I see all the time is just frankly trying to say too much. (laughs) In a world of three-second attention spans, we have to say less. And we don't need to say everything we do. We just get down to the core things that actually get our customers to pay attention. And that's really what it comes down to is the brands and people and businesses that can communicate how they help their customers succeed the fastest. Those are the brands that are going to win. And to do that, there's a handful of things of principles that we can implement to create clarity in the messaging so that when we speak to our customers, they say, oh my gosh, tell me more about that. Yes. I would love to ask you. Um, so tell me more because I, I feel like, you know, the realtors I talk to and now yeah. with the membership and realtors I coach, so many of them really struggle with, I think, with finding their audience. I said it once right. on an episode about what's your avatar. So you talked about, and I love this, you said, what's my audience, right? Yeah. You know, And you said, who do you enjoy working with? 
yep. the highest profit, the lowest effort. And then like who are the people that like are the Raven fans, the most referrals. Yeah. If there's a realtor out there that says like, OK, so for, for instance, I, I love listings because it's easier. And so that's probably the highest profit and lowest effort. But I also enjoy working with first time home buyers because I love people. You know, I met with someone yesterday and they said, yes, my husband grew up in, you know, in this country in Africa. They didn't believe they'd ever buy a home like that to me is like I'm getting oh. chills saying it right. That to me is like, oh, my gosh, I want to be a part of that. So what do you say to a realtor that says, is it possible that maybe I enjoy this more but this is less effort and a higher profit. Like what, where is that balance and what does someone do with that? Yeah, I think that's so I think that's fine. And this is, this goes back to a couple of things. I mean, so Nike, if we use Nike as an example or any, any brand that's up mm-hmm. there like that, they have a lot of customers. They have a lot of different types of consumers, lots of different lines of business, but they are very specific and they don't expand out into those other lines until they realize I have tapped this market. I have this really going yeah. because you, especially as real estate agents, unless you have a team, I'm guessing many people, maybe a small team, or it's just kind of them is you only have so much time and effort. And the more you spread yourself across these different types of segments, lines of business consumers, the more diluted you'll be and the less effective you'll be. That's why I ask answering those questions will give you, Oh, some direction. And I think having two, like you, you have, you essentially have two lines of business or customer segments you're going after, which is great because mm-hmm. you've also done this for a couple of years. So you got to a point that yep. you realized, Oh, these are my areas, right? Yes. That means still means you're saying no to a lot of different stuff. And, and I, and I think, you know, I'm glad you said that. Cause that is a huge lesson. I think I've shared, I've shared with a few people in person and I think on the show, but there was a time this this year, right? A few months ago, you know, April, May, where I was taking a lot of business. I took some business that I knew was not my avatar. Yeah. And then I remember getting referred to, you know, $1.3 million listing, right? That ended up being a 30 something thousand dollar check before splits. And I was like, I loved that. But I was stressed because I a week before that I was taking work and listings and buyers that I knew was not my avatar. And so I think it's a lesson. Don't take everything. You will stress yourself out and be upset that you're like, why did I do this to yourself? You have. And when you say yes to everything, something's going to come along, maybe like a luxury listing like I had where you're like, oh, and I have to say no now or be stressed and need therapy afterwards because I've just worn my thighs. This is where we get. So first off, by the way, what, what you just talked about, we all deal with that too, right? Yeah. It's and it's really hard. It takes a lot of discipline, and it's but it's okay to to say yes to some of these things. You're like, oh man, I should have done that. But mm-hmm. it's okay. Like, don't let's not beat ourselves up about that. But I, what I try to think about this too is okay. If I'm saying yes to this, and what am I saying no to? Because again, we only have so much time and resources, and if if, if it ends up spending this much time and taking time away from something I know I'm going to really really enjoy, and that what you just shared there about the family you helped that came from Africa, like. By doing the luxury listing, you're taking time away from experiencing that joy, which is beyond a financial. Yes. That is a pride and reward that, I don't know, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. priceless in many yes. ways, right? <laughs> which is why, that's why you got into real estate, I'm sure of it, right? Is, mm-hmm. is, is that, or at least that's what keeps you going further is that because sooner or later, financial compensation is great, but it'll, you'll get used to whatever that level of success is. Yep. 
No, absolutely. And I think for real, it's it's very big. Like, I, I love what you're saying about finding your passion. And again, I love that you said you can have those two because you're right. Listings are awesome, right? It's I, I did the math once and did some research and think share this on the show. Normally, you know, and it's shifting a little bit, but, you know, four months ago, five months ago, a buyer was the average time you were spending with a buyer was 50 hours. The average time you were spending with a seller was 10 hours. And so you might just say like, oh, well, I'll just do the sellers. But you also don't build a relationship with them. You don't like go through like the nitty, like the good, bad and ugly in the offers and everything else. And so you don't get the relationship piece as much. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, going back to what you just said about the your two areas that you want to focus on and kind of going back to having to say no to people that are outside your avatar. This is actually a good thing about why messaging and, and customer clarity is so important is because if you actually communicate who specifically you want to work with, you'll stop getting less of the people that you have to say no to because they already self-select out. That yes. goes back to the whole Nike Kaepernick thing is they don't have to say no to these people. They're saying no already, right? Mm-hmm. So that gives them more time, more freedom, more space to go, how are we going to develop a better relationship with these people that we know we love and they love us? Hmm. Yeah, no, that's really good, man. So, and I'd love to kind of transition this into how you help people, right? Like, okay, so I'm a realtor out there. I want raving fans. I feel like I'm missing it. Like, what did you see at Nike on like clarifying the vision and how have you done that in your business to help people like really funnel it down? Yeah, totally. So, I mean, I think this goes back. I think where we can do this is if we know who our customers are, we know what messaging mistakes we need to avoid. I think this is the next step then is focusing on, all right, well, how, how do we talk about our, how do we talk about our businesses and brands the right way? Mm-hmm. So we get these pieces nailed down and that's going to make all the next pieces of creating your marketing collateral and assets and like executing your vision a lot easier. So first off, I mean, let's, let's figure out how the heck we're actually going to talk about our business and our brands and what we do the right way. And and this really comes down to the, so we got customer clarity. Now we need clarity in messaging. And there's a handful of principles that we need to do. Principle number one is talking about and identifying the wants and desires our customers have and being really, really clear on that. And what I mean is we have to clearly identify the big outcome our customers want from our product or service. And we have to do this within a few seconds. Again, super short attention spans. So when someone comes across us, whether it's a website, social media, podcast, email, whatever, whatever it is, they're doing this in their mind. They're going, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? And if you don't hit that in a couple of seconds, they're gone. And really this is all about creating desire. And what I, I call this my, my barbecue brisket principle, which is I love barbecue brisket. And every time I think about it, I live in Portland, Oregon. My mom lives in Austin, Texas. The first thing I do when I go to Austin, Texas, is I'm I'm like I'm going to go stop off at a barbecue joint to get me some <laughs> frickin' brisket because you open those doors you smell the the sweet perfume of the mesquite the the tender brisket it's it's unbelievable right and like by the time I'm getting up to line order I am salivating drooling and I want that brisket so bad and now we all don't sell brisket but we can all create a sense of desire for what we have to sell that really involves being understanding who our customers are and what they want from our businesses. So we need to be able to identify what's the big thing they want from us and speak to that clearly. 
So that is principle number one, identifying your customer's desires. Principle two, if you want to actually get people to pay attention to you, if you aren't talking about the problems your customers have as it relates to your product or service, they are tuning you out. And that's because our brains are hardwired to avoid pain. And really, this is essentially to be human is to avoid pain. So this is, you know, pique people's curiosity with identifying the big outcome they want. Get them to actually lean and say, whoa, I'm dealing with that problem. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm struggling here. And that's what's actually going to get people to pay attention. And, you know, this is essentially like kind of hardwired psychology, hardwired into the evolution of us is the reason we survived is because our brains were always on the lookout when our caveman ancestors were on the lookout for saber-toothed tigers or things that could harm us or kill us. Fortunately, saber-tooth's no longer a problem for us. But unfortunately, (laughs) the wiring of being on the lookout for things that could harm us still exists. So if you want to cut through the noise, we have to talk about the problems our customers are dealing with. The next thing, once you do that, is positioning your business, the way you talk about your business the right way. This goes back to, we were talking about the me monsters, is here is a really simple principle to remember, which is our customers do not care about our business. They only care about how our business helps them. Mm -hmm. So this is really about empathy, understanding, and knowing our, our customers. And I see this stuff all the time too, which is local television is perfect for this because if you're watching TV, you will see an ad for like a Nike or a huge brand or an Amazon or an insurance company or something like that. And if you pay attention to the ads going on TV, it's all about their customers and how they're going to help them, what their life's going to look like after they work with them. Then I'll see the ad from the local car dealership here in Portland, Oregon come on. And it's all about how they're the third generation owners of this business, this, this son and daughter, and how when they grew up, they were fighting at the dealership and blah, 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 blah. And you're like, it's all about them. It's all about them. It's all about them. I'm going, why do I want to buy a car from you? You know, why do I want to buy a house from you? If you're, if we're, if we're talking to your audience with your real estate mm-hmm. agents, right? We need to be talking about how you can help your customers get a house that they've been thinking about, what they've been dreaming about for forever, right? So it has to be all about them and not us. The next couple of things that we really need to do too is painting a picture of what life will look like after they work with us. So this is to be remembered. We have to get people to vision what life will be like after they purchase or sell that home that we can offer them. And this is uh, the thing is about, you know, a lot of us, whether it's in in our business, we'll try to be teching stuff out, talking about the features and all that stuff. But here's the thing, facts get forgotten, but feelings get remembered. So if you can get people to vision, yeah, you can get people to picture what life will look like after the sale. This is a semi commitment people have. And for your audience, if you're selling or listing a home, whether you're a real estate agent or I see this all the time in like the tech world and stuff is people just start talking features of the products or services that they have. Mm-hmm. We don't care about the features. We don't care about, I mean, square footage is nice, but like we don't, that's not just it. Talk about, well, why, why is it, why the square footage or as you're showing a home, get them to go, this goes back to understanding your customers, get them to picture, Hey, imagine, I know you love to entertain. Imagine Thanksgiving around this space here. You have a huge table. People are going to be around, or I know you love outdoor spaces. Imagine opening the doors to the backyard here, having a barbecue cookout party going, right? Get people to picture what life will look like when they use your product or service. So that's, that's the positive on the flip side. Talk about 
what are the negative consequences of not acting, of not buying, of not working mm-hmm. with you? Because this is a thing that we all have to do is we have to overcome status quo bias. We're all resistant to change and we need to be able to move people forward to go, hey, if you don't act, if you don't move forward, here are the pains, the problems you will continue to experience. So that's the combination of you get the good, but you also avoid the bad of inaction. That's good stuff, man. That's really good stuff. Yeah. A lot of good stuff there. Thanks for sharing those. So tell us about, I love, I I ask this on every episode as we kind of wrap up our time, I've loved hearing your journey and what you're doing, how you can help people. So take me to a time. Now this could be, I'm leaving Nike and starting my own thing. This can be whatever you want. Tell us about a time um, like where there was a, you know, a hard season or a hard transition. So tell us what it was. And then you're sitting with that version of yourself from however many years ago. I'd love to hear a piece of advice that you would give yourself. Hmm. Uh, gosh, yeah. So piece of advice I give myself. I would say it was me a handful of years before I left Nike and thinking about, I think no matter what we're doing, I, th- I think many of us undervalue what experience we have had. Mm-hmm. And by virtue of that, what knowledge we've gained because of the experiences we've gone through. We forget what we know and we forget that our customers or our clients or the people that we can help may not know this stuff. Yes. And so what I would say to that is put yourself out there, put yourself out there and start speaking about the things that you know that can help your customers. And don't be afraid to put that, put it out there. I mean, I think so many of us are afraid to, and I've been a lot of, you know, real estate agents may feel this way too about, oh, maybe I don't want to use social media or maybe I don't want to do this or that. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, if your social media or you putting yourself out there, your communications out to the world are the me monster you, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's why you're probably feeling kind of icky about it. Yeah. But if you start going, oh, what do I know that my customers may be dealing with, the questions they may have, and how can I answer those questions and help them start to move forward in their journey? If you can position as that, I'm actually going to be putting stuff out there that can help them. That transforms it from being about you to being about them and imparting that knowledge you have. So that's that what I would, so myself, I would say yeah. to myself is let's peel back, start to remember what have I learned? And what do people maybe not know that I have learned because of the experiences I have? And don't be afraid to get out there and start doing it and start testing it, start trying it. There's so many great ways now about this is, you know, you don't have to do these massive things. You don't have to, I mean, you're doing a podcast. It requires a lot of work, but it can just be a really short social media post that takes you a couple minutes and just start testing. Oh, this, this topic seems to be resonating with people or this thing people had questions about. Yeah. Test these in really small, insignificant amount of investment times, and then learn from that, and then expand it out to other levels uh, and get more sophisticated, move that onto a podcast, yeah. whatever it is. Just don't be afraid to get out there and start helping your customers. I love that. And guys, for those of you in the membership, I just need you to know I did not put Parker up to say in social media, but it's so funny because I feel like on our calls every week, it's like, how are you going to share your business on social media? How are you going to share? Because that's how I've built success. And I've shared here on the podcast. It's all been through organic social media, but it is very hard for people to put themselves out there. And I think 
that is huge. Think yeah. So well, let's well let's know. let's make it a little bit. Let's make it a little. Let's put a finer point on this. And if, so if they're going, okay, I need to use social media. Then how I do this is I brainstorm this stuff all the time too. Which is okay. Well, what do I talk about? Here, here's a couple yep. steps we can do. Is first, let's pick three themes that we can speak to in general to our potential customers, our audience, as it relates to our our business, our products and services. Let's pick three themes and stick to those three themes. For me, that's usually copywriting, brand messaging, and marketing strategy and tactics. Those are the three themes I pick. Once I identify those, I'm going to try to come up with a list of questions. And we can start small. Come up with five questions our customers have as it relates to those items. So for for the real estate agents, what what are five questions people have about buying a home, selling a home, mortgages, Mm -hmm. uh, neighborhood, you know, these kinds of things come up with five, come up with, I guarantee you, if you just spend a little bit of time going, what are the questions I hear all the time over and over and over from people? We probably have a handful of questions that we get asked all the time, write those down. And I think for realtors, right. Those are, we know those, right. If you say to me, like, what is, well, people ask all the time, why do I need a realtor? Right? Like, so that's one that in a social media post or in a video, uh, as a realtor, I can address, Hey, you, and I'm even thinking about it quick as people listen, Hey, why do I need a realtor? You need a realtor because, you know, someone recently came to me and they're like, they had gone to my college, said we might need a realtor. And then they're like, well, with this seller of a property, the, the listing agent reached out to us. And I'm like, did you know that like she represents the seller? So, hey, person, you need a realtor because you need representation. You need someone representing you to protect your best interest. The listing agent has their best interest in mind, not yours. So that's yeah, just a small they're, example. They're motivated by the highest sale. Yes. Yes, exactly. So that's, that's, no, that's great. What are you, what I like about what you're doing that is the way you're delivering that information. You just broke it down into a couple simple steps. So don't worry about making an essay. Don't put it into bullet points. Here are three reasons why you need a realtor. Yep. 2.3 done. That's Mm -hmm. it. It's, and that's perfect. Yeah. That is, I love that man. And I love that, that lesson to yourself. So maybe you've kind of said it, but I, I told you at the beginning, I'd ask you this as well. Like there's a realtor out there, right? Listening to this, they're frustrated. You know, we talk now about, and this happens in the membership, the market is shifting as rates shift, right? It's it's still a seller's market, but it's shifting a little bit. What would be your encouragement from, you know, what you learned in your 11 years at Nike, what you're building through what you're doing now? What would be a piece of advice you would give to those realtors out there? Yeah, I mean, let's go back to what we started with, which is the customer message clarity. So let's do the work on figuring out. This is even more important now as, you know, I know here in Portland, Oregon, the real estate market was bonkers. Yes. Down a bit, still good, but not nearly as good as, I mean, you could almost, I don't mean to be uh, flipping with this, but like you could almost not work in sell, sell houses, right? Because it was so competitive and there was so little inventory. So now it's going to require some more work. But yep. to do that, let's figure out, okay, we need to be more choosy and selective on who we want to work with, develop that messaging framework for you to speak in a way that actually gets your customers to pay attention. And then with every change in, in economic changes and all this kind of stuff, there's always opportunities. There's new things to be talking about because your customers are not not thinking about either buying or selling. They're thinking about different ways about buying or selling their homes or whatever it is. Right. And so now there's a new set of problems that are top of mind for them. So do that little, that little exercise we just did with the social media piece 
as it relates to the, the, yep. the market right now. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, now you're going to get people to really go, yeah, phew, how did you know that? How did you know I was thinking about that? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what we want to get. And when you, when you start talking about things that are top of mind with your customers, that builds trust, that builds likability is because essentially what you're communicating is I get you and I understand you. We, we all want to work with people that get us and understand us. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Thank you so much, dude. Your journey. I mean, I remember even connecting. We didn't even plan on an interview, but I'm like, oh my gosh, you've got so much knowledge. I have to have you on the podcast because from what you've, you know, what you've built now and your lessons from Nike, I think it's very helpful. And this is going to be awesome. I know, I know realtors are going to really enjoy it. So thank you so much for your time. You bet. Thanks for having me on. This is awesome. So tell us before we go, um, I know people are going to want to know, and maybe there's realtors out there that are like, hey, I need someone to help me with the branding piece. I need someone to help me with this. Where can people find you and connect with you and just, you know, connect more about what you're doing? I think I think one of the best things I can offer your your audience is I have a free resource. It's called the three-part business boost. Awesome. Three quick videos that will teach you how to transform your marketing so you can attract more customers and grow your business. These are taking the principles I learned from working at Nike, experience through studying all of these great brands, and now distilling it in a way that we can implement it into our own marketing processes. It'll see three quick videos that'll do that. So go to parkertnash.com slash boost, parkertnash.com slash boost to download that and get access to that. And then beyond that, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, there's not a whole lot of Parker Nashes out there. So LinkedIn, type my name, <laughs> connect with me, send me a message. And um, you can start to see kind of the way, you know, I've doubled down on this too, of talking about using social media and, Mm -hmm. you know, I know you're, you're really good at this, John. And this is what I'm doing more of is putting out information that can help us all grow our businesses. And then you can start to see really simply, it doesn't take that much time. It doesn't take that much work, short and sweet, do it and you'll get great results from it. Parker, dude, thank you so much. Your story is incredible. And I appreciate you spending some time with us today. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. You bet. Thank you guys so much for listening to this interview. Thank you so much, Parker, for being an amazing guest. So much of what he's done in his business and you know, in his 11 years at Nike are just absolutely amazing. And I think very valuable for realtors, which is why I had him on the show. And so I hope that you enjoyed his interview and got something out of it. A few of my quick takeaways, I loved, absolutely loved how he talked about creating raving fans, how he talked about the messaging mistakes. I, I thought the messaging mistakes were absolutely amazing. The the me monster syndrome, using confusing words and not talking in a way that people understand, trying to be everything to everyone and saying too much. So that was a huge takeaway for me. I loved how he talked about the Colin Kaepernick thing and how they were fine with it, even though people criticized it because they knew who they were trying to attract. They also knew how they were trying to you know, push away. Right. I think that's very important in our real estate business. You know, he said, what type of runner are we trying to affiliate with? And that's been a huge question that he saw Nike asking. And so I think that's huge for realtors, guys. What is your audience? Right. You know, and I, I love the questions. Who do you enjoy working with? You know, what's the highest profit? What's the lowest effort? And who's going to give you the most referrals and get clarity on that? Now, like I shared with him, like, you know, maybe mine is two different things. Maybe I love first time home buyers, but maybe I also love, you know, listings because 
you know, it's not as much time and work. I mean, it's still it's a lot of work, but it's not as much time. So love that and and really hope that you guys enjoyed this episode as he closed out. I really loved his lesson to himself about he often would forget what he knows and right how much knowledge he has in his years at Nike. And so he had to remind himself about all the ways that he could help people. He had to kind of peel back the layers and think about what have I learned? How can I help? And then three things that, you know, three things that he could answer and, you know, give to people and and help people with. So I think that's big for realtors. Guys, this is why I talk about the importance of social media, the importance of videos now in your business. I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode and this interview. I really hope you'll check out what Parker is doing, parkertnash.com. He's awesome and just like a marketing expert. If you need some help with that, I definitely would connect with him. So thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode and we will talk very soon. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Survival Guide. If you enjoyed this episode, we would appreciate it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes. It helps others discover the show. Thank you so much and we will see you on the next episode.